Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Bolt with your host, Dr. Jeff Tilley. Today's topic is fire whirls or fire tornadoes. So, we've had uh, some discussion in the last podcast, and we've done this before as well, uh, last fall, about talking about wildfires and ways that you can get extreme fire behavior. And one of those that we have not really mentioned is this phenomenon of what's called a fire tornado or a fire whirl. And these are very similar in many respects to an actual tornado. They're more closely related to what we call a dust devil in terms of things that you can see out on a hot desert floor. Uh, You see these plumes of dust rising up. They tend to last for just uh, a few moments, maybe a minute or two at most, and then they die away and they get ripped apart by their own turbulence which they create. Well, you can get these with fire as well. And the key uh, ingredient in both dust devils and in fires is heat. Uh, What happens when you heat a column of air? It tends to expand upward. And that creates an area of relatively low pressure. The low pressure is an intrinsic aspect of the heating, uh, in this case of the wildfire itself. It heats the column up. You have basically less mass in that column because it's so hot, and that relates to something in the atmosphere we call the ideal gas law, where you can relate pressure to temperature. And ultimately, these very hot columns have very low pressure. They tend to draw air in towards it because, uh, just like uh, the saying goes, nature abhors a vacuum. And when you create areas of very low pressure, suddenly over a very small space, which you do when you have the intense heat from a wildfire, uh, you have these areas of low pressure that can develop very quickly, air rushes in around them, and the actual vortex, the rotation itself, helps to spin up the the actual whirl or tornado more even into the vertical than you might have had to start with. And that's why when you see a dust devil, it will often uh, start with a relatively small column of air and grow vertically for a short period of time. Now, these rapidly moving air motions coming in that create the actual whirl itself uh, also generate Uh, air turbulence, and depending on the actual specifics of the environment, whether you're in a mountain range, whether you have lots of trees around, lots of rocks, uh, uh, this turbulence will act generally to destroy the world. It will take a little bit of time, but nonetheless, it will ultimately get destroyed, which is why these fire whirls, once they develop, might last maybe a minute at most, maybe two. Uh, they don't last for very long. The problem is they're also carrying fire along with them. And one of the ingredients you need for fire is oxygen. It needs air. The more air flow you have rushing around, the more likely you are something's going to burn more rapidly, more explosively. And you may get, with one of these fire whirls, new plumes, new uh, fire plumes that uh, cause the surrounding vegetation, the surrounding trees or houses or anything, to burn and burn very, very quickly. And so these fire whirls are associated with what we call extreme fire behavior. 
and extreme fire behavior is what often causes most of the damage in a very short period of time with a given wildfire. Now again, it's not just related to the whirls. You can have things like uh, mountain waves, downslope winds uh, that are often a feature of the Santa Ana windstorms that can be associated with wildfires in Southern California. But in this particular case, these fire whirls have been observed with the Car Fire in Northern California in Shasta County. And uh, there are uh, some beliefs that uh, this extreme fire behavior is what often kills firefighters that are trying to, to uh, fight the fires themselves because they get caught up in it, the fire advances too quickly for them to be able to, to move, uh, and often you can get with these fire whirls, you can get local winds that are on the order of uh, tropical storm force winds, uh, develop very, very quickly, and they can spread very, very quickly, faster than any human can run and get away from them. And so it's unfortunate, but it's a fact of nature, and it's something that is not very predictable uh, at any given time. It depends on all the specifics of the atmosphere, how the fire is burning, what the fuel is, what the slope is, what the surrounding winds are. If you have lots of strong surrounding winds, these whirls are not going to stay together for more than a couple of seconds, and then they're not going to be much of a concern. If you have calmer winds in the atmosphere in general around the fire, you're going to have a possibility for these whirls to persist for a longer period of time, just like is the case for extreme desert dust devils that uh, form from much of the same type of process. So we'll see how this develops, how many more of these will be uh, observed this particular fire season. Uh, we do have uh, significantly uh, a lot going on in the wildfire world this early in the season and it's basically being called one of the worst starts to wildfire season, at least in the U.S., uh, in recent history. We also talked about wildfires in Greece and other places, and one thing we haven't mentioned in terms of this summer's weather that should be notable is that not only have there been parts of the U.S., the U.K., other parts of Europe uh, sweltering under a heat wave, but also Japan. And the Japanese are definitely not used to this, having uh, a country that is blessed by being surrounded by water and normally having the moderating influence of the ocean uh, protecting it from many heat waves. But unfortunately, this summer continues to be unusual in that Japan is suffering under a heat wave as well. And uh, there have been some deaths reported from this particular heat wave, uh, resulting from the fact that in many cases, a lot of buildings in Japan don't have a lot of air conditioning. They don't need it no, most of the time. And to have a heat wave like this continue where you have temperatures in uh, the upper 80s to mid 90s in parts of Japan, particularly northern Japan that is definitely not used to uh, this type of weather, uh, it can cause a problem because the buildings aren't really designed for it. So the summer keeps on. Is it global warming? Is it not? Hard to tell. 
But tomorrow's podcast, we'll take a look at uh, an interesting uh, statistic that's been released in an annual survey of carbon emissions, and it provides a surprising result, one you might not be expecting. Stay tuned for that. But for now, that's all for this edition of The Daily Bolt. I'm Dr. Jeff Tilley. If you got value from this podcast, uh, please... uh, Uh, Take care of that karmic debt that you have because we offer this for free and share it with someone that you know, whether it's a family member or a friend, a co-worker, or even just someone off the street, you know, who knows uh, uh, who will get value from this. Of course, if you didn't get any value with it, uh, then, you know, don't share it. Fine. Whatever. Uh, we'd ask you to keep listening, though, in the future, and hopefully you'll get value from one of these. Uh, If you really like this podcast, we would ask that you consider becoming a patron and help us expand our offerings to more days per week, more weeks, and even move into the video realm, which definitely costs more money than uh, what I pay to uh, the folks at Podbean to allow for this series of video podcasts. So think about all that. Uh, Otherwise... Uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday, so have a great Sunday. If it's another day of the week, have a great day of the week. Uh, Good night, good morning, good afternoon, and God bless.